This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, David Moore, and I'm joined this evening by my co-host, Andrew Greasley. Evening, Andrew. Evening, Dave. You okay? Yeah, very much so. What a sort of last couple of weeks for the Sky Blues. Massive. Mm, fantastic. Yeah, it's been really, really good, hasn't it? The uh, couldn't have gone any better. Well, it could have gone a little bit better. We could be in the fourth round, but apart from uh, apart from that, it's no, it's been great. And we're hoping our listeners at home uh, have also enjoyed the all the games from the festive period. In this episode this evening, we'll cover all of the free games from the festive period. Plus, we'll take a look at this week's hot topics, and of course, we'll review this weekend's fixture at home to. MK Dons, um, but starting off, Andrew, what? Yeah, what? A, like we said, what a festive period. You know, could you summarise it for me? You know, what? What was the? What was the highlights yourself? Well, going all the way back to Wickham, it seems a bit of a, a time ago now, doesn't it? I don't know where the days have gone. To be fair, um, the Wickham game. Oh, it was it was a big build-up beforehand, and uh, it, you know we were going to the top of the league. We were just wondering if we can, you know get that away win because it's been pretty elusive hasn't it so yeah um but no we 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 smashed them um we went one nil up for a superb goal through sam mccollum how he came inside and put bent into the corner was just fantastic um just growing his reputation day by day conceded another silly goal uh through the big man uh up front the beast yeah, uh, but again, poor. Yeah, Fenwell, but that was poor defending. Um, but then it was the Matty Godden show, wasn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. He just turned up, didn't he? And, incredible, uh, incredible, incredible hat trick. And um, one thing I, I will go from his hat trick, and he 
He stood up for me, obviously, but the thing that stood out for me from the game wasn't Godden. It was Shippers' assist for his for the for the fourth goal. That was just filthy by Shippers, and the way he just controlled that on the on you know with his heel back heeled in, and then Godden just fired it in the net was just absolutely unreal, and it was great to see. And the Sky Blue Army was just loving it, weren't they? So that was um, my moment from the Wickham game. Um, Do you think um, with? You know the Shipley, the Shipley uh, assist, like you said. Mm. Do you think that was down to? I mean, obviously being at three-one is is always great, but do you think that's down to just the confidence of this squad at the moment and just how they're they're you know the things that they're trying, the things that they're you know the, the way they're playing, the things that they're trying, and that from Shipley to me just epitomised actually the actual sky-high confidence mm. that the squad's got at the moment. Definitely. Well, it's Robbins. He says he says to him, you know in these quotes he wants to play he wants the team to play with no fear. And you can see that in the play, and that 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 goal just shows what Robbins wants. He wants them to go out. He wants them to try things. He wants them to play with no fear. And that goal just basically summed that up, didn't it? From the get go, you know, it was very very positive. Um, I actually said over the festive period, it felt a little bit different to previous games where we seemed mm. a little bit more direct. Um, I think we've been guilty this this season actually, and times at times overplaying. Um, mm. We've actually possibly overplayed rather than you know just that final ball that had that killer instinct but it actually seemed that we were a lot more direct um, at Wickham um, you know and the four goals I think show that I mean one was a flick on one was a flick down other than that that there were two big balls sort of you know direct um, up, up front so uh, yeah I definitely think that the confidence is is there for everyone to see um, and yeah what a result for this you know the Sky Blues fans that made uh, you know the trip down that missed out on a game on Boxing Day through you know um, unfortunately Barry not being in the league anymore and that was the fixture that would have taken place on Boxing Day so I think the fans are a little bit starved of uh, Christmas football but they were certainly rewarded for the trip um, you know at Wickham away Yeah to pull you up on the question about being direct it probably went direct because Wickham played direct um, that might be one of the reasons because um, they play very direct they just play yeah, and there seemed the to be a lot of space yeah, so that Robbins probably said, "Well, these boys are going. These boys are going to go direct. Why don't we match them?" Uh, and and we did, didn't we? Yeah, well, more more than matched them. Mm. Um, and then obviously, uh, a few days later on, we made the trip up to Prenton Park uh, at Tramere on what I don't know if you can loosely call was a football pitch. Um, absolutely bog terrible scenes when we got up there and thinking how the hell is this Coventry City team that is playing some of the best football I think I've ever seen Coventry City play going to be able to manage that on on such a terrible terrible um, pitch but but again they did and um, yeah for you what was your, your sort of key takeouts yeah again you know he played an unchanged side um, which he seems to have settled on now which is a side that I like um, seems to be able to fit all these midfielders in that formation I like three at the back as well with women back so I like that formation um, yeah from the game we raced obviously into a 2-0 lead uh, Godden again and then Shippers with a neat finish from a good through ball from uh, Liam Kelly um, but then we seem to they scored a half a decent goal considering how bad the pitch was I thought their first goal was quite good how they crafted that and then we had a wobble again which we tend to do and, and 
that's my only negative over this festive period. We seem to have a, a tendency to have a 15-minute wobble, and it happened at, at, at Tranmere. Dabo gave away a ridiculous penalty. Um, which Do you is, think it was a penalty? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, and no. I think it. What he gave the, the ref a decision to make, and yeah, and when, and when the crowd's up. Because they've scored, you know, before that, just before half time, the crowd was yeah. up. He gave the, the, the ref a decision to make, and he was always going to give it, and he didn't need to do that, Dabo. It was it, the ball was gone, so that was poor from from Dabo. He, he, he should have done better on that. And then Tranmere missed the penalty, and that was a turning point in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think going back to what you said, I mean, Dabo is someone that I'd like to pull out from this, um, you know, this festive period. I think he's just been, well, this season in 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 all its entirety, apart from, like you say, some um, funny decisions at Oxford away and obviously at Tramir, you know, lean on a player, you're sort of giving the referee a decision to make. But other than that, I think he's been absolutely superb. He gives us that pace of a winger, but um but also, you know, he, he is he is good at defending. There's times I think in, in in sort of in the air that he struggles, but by and large he's very, very difficult to pass. Um and he's also very, very good going with the ball um going forward. But he also seems very unselfish, I think. It's sort of he fit I feel like he gets to a certain point and then he's like, well my job's done and he passes it on and he sort of gives it to someone that's meant to put the ball in the net i.e. Godden or Shippers or um, you know and he's sort of he's very unselfish in that there's a couple of chances you know where he's, you think mm, maybe he should have a dig or he should have a shot but actually you know he doesn't and he plays plays it inside and, and not off we go but um, yeah I think Dabo's been superb but I think for me like you say give the referee a decision to make didn't he and I think they're always going to go in the favour of the attacker in that sort of scenario um, yeah it was a daft decision by Dabo but I go, I agree with your point he, he has been good this season um, his energy is fantastic but he will make mistakes like most of them will because they're playing at this level aren't they but one thing that these players and these especially our set of players have got is they've got they're willing to learn and they learn quickly and they've got so much chance to, they've got so much potential. It's, it's untrue at their age because they're so young. So they're always going to learn. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you said, there's always going to be, especially on pitches like that. And, you know, there's always going to be some mistakes here and there, but I think by and large, um, the festive period for me found like a real turning point in that, you know, the confidence before that was sky high, don't get me wrong, but we actually, you know, played teams you know from the top of the league not Tramir but you know Wickham we completely played them off the park I was very very surprised that they're they're that you know they're up there to be honest I mean I just really you know I said this to a couple of friends that I'd love to be able to go back well and have the time as well to actually watch Wickham and see how they've been doing it. Um, I don't watch a great deal of the highlights um, from around League One. I try and catch them on, you know, the, you know, the training or to work or what have you. But I mean, I just couldn't see for the life of me how they've managed to break down the teams that they have. And it, obviously, it's direct football, but it just, yeah, beyond beyond me, really. There's so many misplaced passes, so many wayward balls. Um, obviously, playing up top to Akin Fenwa, you can see that that's the the goal and that's what. 
Ainsworth gets him to do. But for me, it was, you know, he doesn't run that much. So unless the ball was absolutely, you know, perfect each time, he doesn't run, he doesn't run unless it's two or three yards either side of him. So they don't, you know, even though they play direct, they don't have that, you know, they don't have that... Um, you know, footballing ability at all. And it, for, for me, I just, yeah, I think if there was a team I had to say are going to slip up and, and drop points and, and fall away, I think Wickham would definitely be one of those sides. Yeah, they've always seemed to play direct. They've played direct for a few seasons. It's Gareth Ainsworth's way. I think maybe give them a little bit of grace. They, they were, they'd lost, before they played us, they lost the last couple, didn't they? Um, I think they've, picked up a little bit I think they got a draw against Hip Choice recently so yeah I think yeah it does surprise me as well but they're up there for a reason so you know but I don't think they'll be up there at the end of the season and I'd have to say on the contra Tramira down there for a reason I mean we were superb don't get me wrong even on that pitch we were absolutely you know yards quicker um passing was slick as well, slick as you could expect on on such a pitch but they just looked yeah they looked really struggling against um you know our, our lads and they just couldn't really get a foot in the game until like you said that 15 minute wobble that that we had we invited pressure onto ourselves now you are going to go through periods of a game that's going to happen you cannot go through 90 minutes and have it all your own way um and like you said the goal that they scored um in the in the first half you knew that they were going to come out and you know attack um and obviously when we conceded the penalty that was from a period of sustained pressure um what do you think is the sort of answer to that um i've said to a lot of people that i feel that aerially we're not that strong as soon as something goes into an aerial battle we're not that strong now that could be towards you know like you said the age um but we've got some big defenders in there Hyam, Rose shouldn't be, shouldn't be the case we we've got Fads uh, Rose and Hyam they're all decent in the air so especially Fads it seems to go to a magnet to him doesn't it but yeah I agree with you at times we do look a bit shaky in the air which is a bit strange considering the three monsters we've got at the back it's yeah, not a bit odd that um, to me. Which takes us on to our last game of the festive period, which was Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup. Um, McFadden made a bit of a, an error, didn't he, in the first half? Yeah, terrible. Um, I don't think he was helped out specifically by Morosi as well, because he should have put his nine foot nine nine feet through it shouldn't he he should put his foot uh, his size uh, nines that's the one Jack I think is. he's got bigger feet than size nine could I be mean, 11 he's probably like, I think he's got to be 11 I'm six foot is. two I'm six foot two and I've got 11 so we'll go with 11 but anyway you've um, already given away too many personal things and this is going to go out on the internet um, <laughs> I don't no. care it's fine no worries but no he should have done and he should have gone long um, but then he passed it short to Walsh Walsh gave it to Fads and then he made, his touch was terrible wasn't it and it didn't help because it was the first minute well the second minute in the game wasn't it and it just put us up on the back foot dreadful error by Fads and he's, he's done that a few times this season I'm a big I'm a big fan of Fads and he's a good player and he's you know he's, he's a good leader he's a good talker and he's been good recently he's cut out the errors but that was another one today uh, yesterday and he needs to uh, cut those out because they you know they can see goals and if you can see goals as a defender, you'll always be looked at, won't you? 
I think it's just a direct, um, you know, it's a direct, it's something that you, you get, it's going to happen with the style of football that we're playing. Um, it will. Actually, but... you know, as, as, as you said before, you know, I wouldn't want to change the style of play because that's where it, you know, that that's, it's obviously got us where, where we are. Um, and we have looked by and large, very, very comfortable, even more so. I mean, I go back to Wick, uh, Wickham, so I go back to Rotherham away, um, which was a freak result. It was a free, I, I think for us this season, if, when we look at, when we all said and done at the end of the season, we look back, I think we'll see that as a freak result. But there was a tendency at that time that we, you could see the style of play we were trying to play. Uh, and I don't think everyone was quite, had quite, you know, bought into it or was quite ready to play that style of football. And I think McFad's that day was, you know, obviously I know he had an early bath and, and whatnot, but even, you know, he just didn't look that comfortable. I've seen musings on Twitter about um, whether McFadden should play in that central role and and whether it would be better to move him to the you know one of the sides. What do you have any thoughts on that? No, I keep him as it is, Dave. You know, Hyam's good on left. He's left footed, gives us balance. Rose is right footed, gives us balance on the right. Keep him how it is. Just don't give him the ball in the first minute. <laughs> it's not a bad shout, but I mean, I did see what some, I can't remember the, uh, one of our followers had actually um, mentioned that, you know, he's got great experience. He's been, he's been in promotion uh, winning sides. Um, and yes, he has made a few mistakes, but I think, you know, what, what's the alternative there? You know, who would you bring in? Is that something that you do in the transfer window or, you know, are you, are you pretty happy with McFad's, you know, bar a few errors? No, I'm happy with Fads. I'm happy with the defence. Um, you've got Drysdale, but I don't know if he's going to go out alone. And you've got obviously Pask as well. So he's going to, we haven't seen him play yet, apart from what he, what he did in pre-season. And he looked pretty good. So, no, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't strengthen the defence at all. I wouldn't strengthen anywhere. And we anyway, only, that's going on to the topic in a bit. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go over to that in later. We only briefly touched on um, the man of the hour, though. Godden. Uh, well, funny enough, we've only we only really briefly mentioned him, uh, possibly because Wickham and Tramir now all seem an age away and mm. many many cheese boards away. But I mean, what? You know what a performance at Wickham, and then followed it up at, at Tramere. Um, and I must admit, at Tramere, I was thinking he probably should have come off before his penalty. He looked like he was. He, he picked up a slight. You know, it looked like he either got a, a stud on the toe, or it, you know what I mean. He was sort of limping. You could tell, and he looked across. I think a few times at the bench, but um, he sort of battled on and and stayed on the pitch and and got himself another match ball. But I mean, just going back to the Wickham game at first I mean what what was your favourite of his oh it's got to be the fourth you know the, the goal the last goal the long ball shippers not not I won't say knockdown he didn't like that did he when the Coventry feed said knockdown did he no, um, no it was slightly he, more talented than knockdown just just it? a bit yeah he's, uh, he's if Messi did it we'd be talking about it for years yeah his, his touch was immense inside and then the way Godden just smashed it first time in the bottom corner was just beautiful right in front of the sky blue army it was amazing but no he's come you know he's done really really well he's a player Godden that scores in batches if you look at his career at Peterborough um, uh, his other club as well 
he scores in batches and he seems to score, you know, when he scores a few, he scores a few and then he might not score for a couple of games and he'll get on he'll get on the goal trail again. You know, he's in good he's in good uh, standing anyway for his double hat trick because the last person to score a double hat trick in English football was Harry Kane in Harry 2000, Kane. 2017. Against That's not bad company to be in. Not bad company against Burnley and against Southampton. So, yeah, he's in not bad company, uh, Super Matty Godden. And um, I think, you know, I think his work rate anyway, he works so tirelessly on that sort of uh, lone role and he puts defenders under pressure. And we've, we do now press, you know, from the front, all the way to the back and I think that's what's given us you know I, I, again at Bristol Rovers we just we don't seem to give teams now a minute's piece as soon as we lose the ball we're straight back on it and that's probably buoyed by confidence don't get me wrong but it's obviously this style that Mark Robbins has instilled in his squad and it's you know, I've got to say it's really working especially when you play against teams like Tramir who are down there a bit nervy a bit worried about making a state a bit worried about going 1-0 down um, they really did struggle against that sort of high press that that Matty Godden and the rest of the side uh, were sort of you know adopting. It absolutely, I agree. And we seem to be coming out of the uh, blocks really quickly. Like the first 10, 15 minutes, we just seem to be like we scored early against Wickham, Bar um, oh, Bristol. Oh yeah. Well, well we, sh- we should have scored though. We should. We should have. You know, even before the uh, the Johnson Clark pe- penalty, we should have scored that. So even then, we, we should have been one nil up. So my point's valid that we are really coming out of the blocks really fast, and that's because of the high press, like you say. And we're just not giving teams, especially early doors, a, a chance to breathe, which is which is great. And it was great to see him with the, the header against Tramir um, Godden because it was just, it, it sort of felt like it came from nowhere, really. Yeah, he's, um, decent, he's it, decent in the air. He he's is, he is. Yeah. And, it, and he seems to have to, obviously, unfortunately, run onto his own flick-ons from, from time to time. But, yeah. I mean, it was a great it was a great finish. I think his Tramir was, um, you know, and the, obviously the goal... Um, it, the, with the layoff from from Callum O'Hare and and that was you know again a nov- lovely really well worked goal Bakayoko obviously down the right got to the ball probably helped a little bit by the mud it sort of stuck in the mud didn't it and then he, mm. he put in a good pass and then um, O'Hare laid it off unselfishly I think you know he's probably probably you know in, in another time could have shot and laid it off to Godden and it was a it was a great finish um, and then O'Hare obviously won the penalty um, for Godden to get the match ball yeah, good cameo by O'Hare against Tranmere. Yeah, his, his way to pass for Godden's uh, second goal was phenomenal. Um, he didn't even need to break stride, did he? Um, so that was that was class. Bakiako, like you said, he came on, laid it on for O'Hare. That was decent play by him as well. Um, so those two subs were a good couple of subs by uh, Robbins, wasn't it? And as and, you uh, mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about transfers a little bit later on. But mm. um, Callum O'Hare, I can't, I've not heard anything that, you know, there's any recall or he's going to go or, or whatnot. Is that is that a player that you think is, is imperative, you know, we need to keep him, is it imperative to keep him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Him and Alan are going to come more and more into it as the season runs on um, when obviously the moment Shippers and, and Zane uh, are on fire so it's hard for them to get you know game time but they will either through injury or you know Zane or Shippers dips out of form a little bit we need Alan and a hair to be ready and I think they will be so fingers crossed the loan doesn't he doesn't go back to Villa 
and a bit like the um, Bristol Rovers goal, uh, where McFadden was obviously um, caught a bit cold for the for the mm. giving away the penalty. It's probably you could say the same for Allen, who came on and he had a glorious chance. Um, uh, you know, when it after he came on, but it probably came a little bit quick for him. But what did you make of his performance against Bristol Rovers when he came on as a substitute? Yeah, neat and tidy. Gave us fresh legs. Gave us a bit of energy that we needed. Um, I would have started him, by the way, against Bristol Rovers. Um, I didn't agree with playing an unchanged team. I think, and it, it, I think it showed. I think towards the end of the game, we got a couple of injuries. McCallum went off, Shippers went off, and I think we should have at the very start. I think we I would have played at Allen or O'Hare with either Shippers or Westbrook. Um, I think we tired second half, and I know we could have nicked it at the end through Godden, but. I would have uh, started one of Allen or O'Hare against uh, Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Actually, we we probably should have rested a few players. I completely understand wanting to win the fixture. I completely understand how much money is involved for you know the Sky Blues progressing through that FA Cup um, for for the owners and and also you know for potential transfer kitty money. But I agree. Sam McCallum obviously picked up some sort of you know um, injury. It doesn't overly look serious. It looked like some sort of strain, and it probably, mm. like you say, is just through fatigue. Um, and I would also say the same, you know, Shipley has looked a bit different. His was like an elbow, wasn't it? I think. And it, and hopefully that's not, it doesn't seem like it's too serious and, and hopefully it won't be. But I think we just showed signs of fatigue and it's been a busy period. Um, we've actually played likely less games than, than some. But what I would say is that the style of play again, as fantastic as it is to watch and as tenacious as they are in defence and high pressing I think it again lends itself to very very worn out players I mean Godden literally it seems like he runs for 90 minutes you know and and yeah you can't sustain that and you know I think we've got a solid solid squad rotation in the midfield and, and that's something I think we need to be utilising a bit more Yeah absolutely I do I agree with you on that and regarding to obviously going back to the game against them you you know, um, we had 57 50% possession against uh, Bristol Rovers. We had 16 shots um, compared to their eight. And also we had six shots on target compared to their three. So there, there again, the stats weigh up that we were dominant. And apart from, a, you know, a poor set piece and Fadson going a bit mad, we, we dominated the game again. So, you know, it, it's it's good signs, isn't it? And that's away from home as well because the memorial ground isn't an easy place to go and get a result. So, again, we're dominating games and through the style of play and, and more, more hope it continues. It's really good stuff to watch. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. I mean, yeah. it's probably not, the, the sorry, probably not the hardest of decisions to to come to, but over the three games, because obviously usually on this podcast we'd um, you know share with our followers who we felt was the man of the match, uh, and we'd both do that. But being that there's been three games in such a quick succession, I'm going to ask you for your festive period key player player of of that that sort of period. Who who would that be for you? Jordan Shipley for me. Um, I just think. Um, the way he's playing at the moment, I don't think there's a better player in the league. You know, the way he's assisting people, the way he's taking goals, he's just unreal. And he's just playing absolutely brilliantly at the moment. And for me, his, his impact on the team, is he's undroppable at the minute. And um, 
his numbers are good. You know, he's he's he's. I think he's up four or five assists and five goals now. So carry on that way, he'll be getting double figures in assists and goals, and that is very very decent at this level. So Jordan Shipley for me, Dave. Fair enough. I, I mean, I'm going to have to go with the obvious, but I mean, I could have given it to McFadden. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he literally was just pipped to the post, uh, McFadden, just by obviously Matty Godden. Um, I know it seems so Sky Sports to give uh, the man of the match and the period or festive period player to someone that scored the goals, but no, I just think that. He needed them goals. Don't get it wrong. He really he's he's been so determined after coming back from his injuries. Like when he came on from it against Ipswich straight away, he was buzzing about the pitch, putting people under pressure. And his hard work, I, I think, was always going to be um, rewarded. And obviously against Wickham and Tramere, it, it was. But he just looks he, he looks um, live. He looks you know sharp. And I just hope that his run can continue. Um, but I would have to agree. Shipley has been absolutely phenomenal in these fixtures um, not just been adding in, in goals you know he's been scoring as well which is is, is absolutely fantastic but his, his assists that he's getting um, his, his defensive abilities I think he's just he looks like the all round player he looks complete to me um, and obviously Yes, a lot of players are buoyed by confidence because we're doing so well. But it's just great. It, the confidence, the things that they're trying, you know, the passes that they're, they're playing and, and making now, I think it's just, um, yeah, I, th- I think we're one of the, you know, better teams in the league. It, you know, I, I honestly do. I was reading an article um, from... You know the chap that writes for Bet Victor, um, Gabriel Sutton, and he he's got us down at I think eight or eight or ninth to finish um, at the end of the season. And I I you know I'm, I'd be shocked if if we were to finish eighth or ninth. You know it is a tight league, really really tight. But what what do you think about eighth or ninth? I disagree with that entirely. I think with without doubt, us and Oxford are the best footballing teams in the league. Um, every Not team we go on. Not Wickham. No, no, no. You wouldn't put them up there. No, we us and Oxford just pipped them. Just. But no, I I, I think you're right. Um, Oxford were good, weren't they? When we played, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Carl Robinson's got them playing well. They're they're a good football inside. So are we. Um, every team we play against, you know, the manager normally comes out and says, yeah. Coventry certainly the best footballing team we've played against, and that's high praise because not opposite managers don't normally say that. You know, um, so no, I think regarding to your question, where eight or nine, it's not for me. I think we can finish playoffs minimum. It's happened a lot recently, actually. I've seen a lot of um, opposing fans week the last couple of weeks, especially Tramere and, and Wickham, have said that um, you know we're you know the best football inside that they've seen at, at, at their ground that season. Um, and I think I even saw a couple of people say it around at Bristol Rovers. I mean, again, we kept the ball so well. I think at times I sort of sit back in awe of the football that we're playing at the moment. And, you know, the end product started to come, hasn't it? I think it was frustrating at the start of the season when that end product perhaps wasn't happening and, and then we were conceding a few silly goals. But now it seems like we've started to get get to the level that we need to be at. Definitely. Um, yeah, without a doubt, we're... We're up there with the best footballing teams in the league. We're we're up with a shout. We're near the automatics. You know, we're even near the top of the league with a game in hand, aren't we? So, good days to be a Sky Blue fans, Dave. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's no, there's, I don't think there's any point of getting bogged down in negatives. I mean, every team is going to have its 15 minute spells. If we can weather them, which we have, you know, by and large, okay, we gave away the penalty and everyone says, oh, what, you know, that could have been a massive turning point in that game. It wasn't. We went on to win 4-1. You know, I don't see how you can be grumbling um, when you've just scored eight goals in two games. I just, I just can't see it. Um, but you know, I'm sure there's some people have their reasons of why they're not happy with certain things. But I think that's, at that's this moment cool, time, that's cool fans for you, David. They're ne- never happy, mate. Never happy. No. No. I think it's always good to strive for perfection, but I think this 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 current team is playing, you know, really really well, and I think you know we got to continue to support them, continue to support that style of play. Not no you know no groans when we lose the ball. It's going to happen. You know they're not they're not Premiership elite hundred hundred and fifty thousand pound players a week. You can't expect them to always do that. But I mean, what they're showing out there has has, has been you know brilliant. Stay with the project, David. Stay with the project. And coming back from the Wiccan game, um, we listened to the phone-in from the uh, Coventry uh, radio, and I I couldn't quite believe how many people, after a 4-1 win, were talking about the Rico return. I just felt it was such an untimely, you know, time to sort of be discussing that if I'm honest um, did you listen to the phone in? yeah I did um, wasn't particularly impressed with it all if I'm being honest with you um, you know we just won 4-1 and people are moaning about going why aren't we playing I think it's frustration because because we're playing so well they want to see it in Coventry don't they and I understand, yeah, I understand. you know yeah. I understand it it's not not a problem you know I can understand their point of view and they're upset that you know the team are doing well and, and some people can't can't see it and I get it but let's focus on what we can change and what, what's happening on the pitch and and we can't control what's going on behind the no. scenes. The only and, people who or can do we know what's going on? Well, absolutely. I don't, know, yeah. I don't know anyone in the press that really has an idea of what's going on at this current moment in and, time. And it is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. All of us want to be playing in Coventry. That's that's a given. But until something comes out concrete from the club, what's going on? Just relax and enjoy the football we're playing. Enjoy the team. Enjoy the players. And focus yeah, no. on the positive and negative. That's what we do on Sky Blue Extra, or even on the Twitter page. It's always, I've always we've always tried to be positive. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to be a Coventry fan to be positive. But in this incident, sorry to get on my soapbox, but we've got to try and be positive. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great roller coaster ride this season. From when we started and we looked really good, then we had that dip, and everyone was thinking, "Oh, I don't know if we can finish," you know, inside the playoffs. And then I think that's been you know banished. That that sort of thoughts have been banished with the last couple of uh, games that we've we've played. Um, and but you t- you know, like I say, the reason I brought that up because I thought it was quite a hot topic um, in that it was just a bit untimely I'd say um, of when to have that discussion and it felt a bit of a shame that the whole phone-in was sort of around that and I I know that um, Clive was trying to slightly move it along to to the actual performance but it yeah it did revolve around that you know that situation and we we know that's got to be resolved and we hope it will and there's certain 
criteria that the club have got to meet. They've got a uh, review of the EFL every uh, quarter. I think they have to give an update and, and and tell tell them what's happening. And obviously, we've still got the looming over the. Let's not forget, you know, the looming over us is the fact that you know the reason we were granted to play at St Andrews was because we said we were going to be looking at alternative stadium arrangements, which is possibly building our own. Um, and obviously there's not a lot of sign of that so I can understand the frustration it's been going on for such a long time and I, but I agree with you I think we've just got to enjoy what we're doing enjoy the football we're playing get behind the squad off the pitch um, issues hopefully will be resolved um, but I, like you say we can't control them and we've got to try and put them to the back of our thoughts and, 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 and concentrate on you know the promotion charge definitely enjoy the moment Another hot topic, obviously, is we're now into the transfer window. Um, and originally, we were going to speak about, you know, perhaps what players would we get in? Robin said he didn't know if there would be much business done, but there might be a chance for one or two to come in. Um, flipping that completely on its head now. Um, latest today, Zane Westbrook probably looked at by some championship clubs. And I think, you know, also talk of Sam McCallum possibly a target for um, even premiership clubs and championship clubs um, is that something you'd be worried about losing one of those you know two of those or one of those players um, more worried about Westbrook than McCallum if I'm being honest um, I think Westbrook um, again a bit like Shipley has been great this season um, good numbers good goal scoring numbers good assist numbers Um we have got a year option on him, which I think will get, which will trigger. Um, however, you know, um, I put we put a poll out, didn't we, today on Sky yeah. Blue Extra and um, about the amount. Yeah, about how much would you sell him for? And most Sky Blues fans said that they felt that two million. I mean, yeah. it's very tough actually. Thirty-three percent um, of the total votes were for two million, and twenty-nine percent were for five million plus, which might be a little bit pie in the sky um, numbers. Yeah, five hundred and thirty people voted as well. So thank you for that. That was amazing. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, um, two million for for someone that we didn't pay very much money for. Mm. <sighs> It's a hard one, isn't it? We're a club that sells, so you got to you got to put it into perspective. But I just don't want to see him leave, if I'm being honest. But everyone has their price, don't they, Dave? Yeah, well, exactly. And now, unfortunately, the sort of system that Mark Robbins has spoke about this time and time again, that the system that we operate in is that players, if if money comes in for them, players will have to move on. We're, we're, a, we're a feeder club, unfortunately, for a lot of these championship um, sides and premiership sides that they'll come through the youth academy and they'll, you know, come through the system and and. I think what is coming out of this is the football that Mark Robbins is playing. You know, that is going to be desirable for team. You know, the players that are playing that system, it's going to be desirable for teams, you know, in the championship and the premiership. Um, I'm just going to read you on out from Ian Dolby. He said that on Twitter, he, he sent to us today. So thanks for that comment. He shouldn't be going. The team is trying to get promoted. Um, and I think he is a key, key cog, isn't he? In the, in the sort of promotion wheel. Huge cog, um, yeah. Um, but people might say if you let him go, then Alan could play. But no, I, I'd keep him um, unless it's a ridiculous offer. I'd keep all our players. Um, obviously, if if someone offers 
three million, then we're going to have to let him go, regretfully. But unless someone offers silly money, like Robin said about McCallum, McCallum he asked a question about McCallum, and he said he's not going to go anywhere unless someone offers silly money. So hopefully that's the case for Westbrook because I'm a big fan of his and I don't want him to see him leave. Brilliant. And lastly, moving on to the last hot topic, um, literally only just made it on to this week's podcast, being at the time that we are recording, but we have drawn Birmingham City at home in the fourth <laughs> round of the FA Cup should we progress past Bristol City on the 14th of January. Um, obviously, we've still got to get past uh, Bristol City, I said, you know, we've still got to get past Bristol Rovers in the Cup, but should that happen, um, what's your thoughts on that fixture? Uh, well, it's winnable, isn't it? Birmingham are not particularly doing particularly well um, in the championship we're at home <laughs> so are they but no um, it's a winnable tie isn't it and chance of getting into the fifth round so yeah definitely let's go for it yeah I'm, I'm happy with that I just don't know what they're going to do with the seating arrangement but I'll leave that for the powers to be to decide but no it's not the worst draw get in the fifth round get one of the big boys yeah exactly and um like you said, we'll leave that for the powers that be to decide. But what an absolute head-scratcher. I mean, West Midlands police must be absolutely crapping themselves <laughs> yeah. at the prospect of, of you know, if it, it people in the home end, people in the away end, like, you know, it's a bit um, sort of okey-cokey. You've got, I'm sure, where the sort of alliance is lie in the roost but obviously you've got a lot of people that will be probably going up that way and, and thinking oh we should be drinking in the roost pub which um, we obviously use for our home games at, at present but it is yeah it's a massive head scratcher and I'm not sure what the logistics of it will be um, you can't imagine that Brum are going to be massively happy about you know Obviously, we're only getting sort of 6,000 there at the moment anyway. Um, mm. And I, I think we have to give 15%, if, if, I'm, if I'm right, in 15% of the total capacity. Um, so, you know, I don't know. All will remain to be seen. But um, like can't, you said... Can't we just play at the Rico? <laughs> just yeah. for that game? That, I mean, that would... How many do you think we'd get there if we had it at the Rico for that game? 25. If it was the return... 25 no probably sell it out probably would sell it I'll out send, uh, I'll send Nick Eastwood an email let him know see if we can yeah. get it arranged but um all jokes aside, I think, like you say, the concentration's got to be on the pitch. Um, it's a winnable tie, um, and it would be great, wouldn't it, to see if we could push through onto that fifth round. Not to mention the 180, you know, bags of sand that they'll get from winning. But you know, a fifth round tie, and then you really are up there with um, a potential Premier League clash, you know, with, with a team and great, great um, revenue. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said earlier, you know, it's a winnable tie. Hopefully we can get one of the big boys away from home, a Liverpool or a Man U, and then, you know, we'll get a decent money. So, give it Mark to spend or or give it back to Joy, whatever. <laughs> Moving on to this week's big match preview, Coventry City play MK Dons, obviously at home, St Andrews, which we just touched on. Um, yeah, Massive game, really. Uh, another chance for us to sort of solidify our position in the playoffs or even push on to that automatic spot um, that seems to be up for grabs behind Wickham. How do you see this going? 
first of all, I'm glad that we haven't we've, we haven't got a midweek game this week. It gives the players all a little bit of a rest in their legs, especially playing on that heavy pitch at Prenton Park and then the Bristol Rovers game as well. So they could do with a little bit of a rest. I'm glad we haven't got a midweek game. So it gives us a they full have week. actually, haven't they? Away to Newport County. So um, Who, who's that? The uh, MK Dons. Yeah. No, I mean I mean us, Dave. No, of course, that's what I'm saying. But obviously, they have as well, haven't they? Oh, okay. So it, it, it's a bit of a, a double whammy, really. We've we've mm. got a bit of a break, and and they'll yeah. be they'll be playing. And I'm not oh, sure, okay. you know, when we played them in, in cup fixture, they still put out a fairly solid team. So you'd have mm. to think that they're probably going to do the same. Yeah, I didn't know they were playing midweek. So yeah, that that's good news on our part. We've got a, obviously a few, a few days to recover as well. So no, that's good. Um, their form's pretty decent. They've they've won three out of the last five. You know, they beat Bristol Rovers, they beat Portsmouth, and they beat Oxford. So they're three big scalps. So not going to be easy this one. They've uh, since Russell Martin's taken over, they've turned the corner. So. Um, don't think it's going to be easy we turn up and win this game. No, we're in for a difficult game here. So we're going to have to be on it to get a win here. Yeah, like you say, 3-0 against Bristol Rovers, 3-1 against Portsmouth. Decent um, results then. Yeah, I mean, a draw away at South End probably would have been one that they wouldn't have been that happy about. But um, yeah, I, I agree. The last couple of results they've had have been pretty decent. The only thing I would say is that they've not been that great on the road. Um, they haven't won on the road since saying that neither have we have we but um, they haven't been that great on the road the last time they won was Saturday 14th of September they won 3-0 against uh, Blackpool Um, but since then they've only managed two draws the rest have been losses Um, so yeah it looks like they might struggle away from home Um, but like you said they have picked up some some pace in, in the recent weeks so going forward, then, who would be your starting lineup for the MK Dons game? Um, I think I'd play. Um, I think I'd play mostly an unchanged team. I'd go with Morosi in goal. I'd play Dabo at right wing back. I'd play McCallum if fit. I'd, uh, the same three at the back: Fads, Rose, and uh, Hyam. Uh, yeah. I'd play with Kelly and Walsh, and then I'd yeah. just mix it up a little bit. Um, I'd, I'd bring either O'Hare, I'd go with O'Hare and Shipley, give Westbrook a little bit of a rest, and then I'd play with, obviously, Super Maddie Godden up top. Fair. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be very similar. I'm not sure I'd I'd probably name a completely unchanged side should we be able to, just because I think it's very, very difficult to... Yes, I understand fatigue, but I think it's very, very difficult to drop anyone, perhaps, at the moment, unless they're carrying a bit of an injury. Um, But at the same time, yeah, like you say, they're down, you know, MK Dons are down there for a reason, uh, just hovering above that relegation zone. But like you say, they've, in recent weeks, have picked up a few results and, we, you know, we can't be taking anything for granted. I think I'd probably prefer to start you know, the start of the game at least with with the team unchanged from the last, um, you know, two league wins. Yeah, I just probably yeah, I remember a couple. You know, when we, before we played Peterborough away, uh, before that game, he let gave a little uh, Westbrook a little bit of a rest, didn't he? And then he came back and he was he was he was immense again. So I don't know. You know, if he went with an unchanged side, I wouldn't be too too unhappy if I'm being honest, but. Maybe freshen up a little bit, I would. 
yeah let's hope that you know they've had some some time you know now to recuperate from from Sunday's game and let's hope that they're a bit fresher because I think you're right they have sown a bit of fatigue especially in the sort of latter part of the game at Bristol Rovers um, what would be your score prediction and perhaps scorers go for 2-0 2-0 Sky Blues I think um, Shippers and I'm going to go for Walsh again yeah yeah so, Matty Godden's hit a drought again, has he? Yeah. He scores in batches, mate. He didn't score last game. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, no, I think I think we'll win. I think we'll win comfortably, actually. I think, um, you know, I look at MK Dons' results and I just think that the football that we're playing, I think when they come up against us, you know, I think you've got to take the game away to them with a bit of a pinch of salt. It was a funny game, really. Um, you know, such we took such a big crowd there. Um, I'm talking about the league, but obviously oh, in yeah. the cup, in the cup as well. I mean, that was a bit of a funny side, a bit of a different Tuesday night. Um, it was a sort of trying to get up for a match like that. I think is is isn't always going to happen. But I think the league game. I think we probably deserved what we got, which was was a draw. Um, we had a few chances, but we just didn't really have that that sense of urgency um, it was a bit dead I, I think again that will probably go down as a slight freak result when you look at games that we've played recently and I just think this new confidence this new um, you know this high press I, I think MK Dons are really going to struggle with that and I, I, I can see us you know 2-0 again um, I think you're right I think Shipley will probably hopefully you know there's no touch with there's nothing wrong with him from Sunday's game and I think he could easily net and I think Matty Godden should probably be on the score sheet again and hope so so he can continue that run going definitely I agree with all that Dave definitely 100% well that brings us to the end of the show Andy uh, and I hope all of our followers listening at home have enjoyed our first ever Sky Blues Extra podcast and don't forget we, we welcome them to join in the conversation on Twitter and now on Instagram and Facebook make sure you're following us across all of those channels um, and it's just for me to say good night from me and good night from him Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.